Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his... What? It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. Now, today we have one of Australia's acclaimed sopranos and most successful female entrepreneurs and innovators who has developed five businesses and two charities over the last three decades. How she has time to do anything else, I am stuffed if I know. I've known her for quite some time and I've heard her sing and I've seen some of the great work that she does. And in fact, she has this amazing TED talk about how singing together changes the brain and that's piqued a whole lot of interest all around the world so would you please welcome the very lovely the very delightful and the very talented and generous Tanya De Jong. welcome along thank you so much Warwick hey I'm going to start with the same question I ask everybody who's who comes on the show and that is how do you define success you've done some amazing things and you're very very active so I'm really interested how do you define success um I think it's it's getting getting up every day and feeling that you're making a difference um, in people's lives, and that you're. For me, it's about helping to unlock people's potential more, um, and helping people to grow into more of themselves. Right. So um, I love the feeling of, you know, having doing something really purposeful. Um, and of helping other people to find their meaning and purpose in particular. So that's, I guess, how I would define mm. success. And feeling that, um, yeah, look, I've got a lot, of, a lot of projects on, but all of them have a lot of meaning to me mm. and for different reasons. I think also uh, success is, you know, is doing things that you love to do and it's not, certainly not, money's never been a driver for me, so I do enormous amount of charitable and community work uh and and you know i'm delighted to give and share my talents where i can i mean we all have to make a living and that's really important but we don't have to make mega bucks <laughs> in fact i define success you know um you can share it great if you can make enough and you can share some of it with other people then that's success too um i'm really I'm really interested in how you went down the social entrepreneur path because I, in my mind, you're a social entrepreneur. Nearly everything that you does has an element of social to it. Mm. Um, starting as a performer uh, and doing the performance work and then getting into um, the Creativity Australia and Creative Universe and what you're doing with some of the choirs that you run in. And, and I love how you, and as you've talked about in your TED Talk, how you help people get jobs and you lift home and just you know the uh, what what's the one question that what's the question that you have them ask um during the choir <laughs> i have them ask um for what they need in life so we have what's called a wish list program and uh through the wish list program participants in our with one voice choirs can ask for whatever they need in life which could be you know i need help with a resume, finding a job, a fridge, accommodation, learning the internet, someone to walk to the station with, finding a partner. <laughs> no, we're not a dating agency. But these wishes get read out and then instantaneously people start putting up their hands and start granting the wishes. It's like a weekly miracle. And I think just empowering people to ask for what they need in life. Most people who are disadvantaged don't get the chance to ask. Uh, they, they don't get given a voice. And many of them feel unheard or silenced. 
And so it's very empowering when you give people the chance and, and give them a voice. They, they, it's amazing they start to come to life because, again, more of them is coming into the frame. They're, they're feeling more self-realised. And once more of a person's self comes in, they start to ask more of what they need, um, not in a, an aggressive way, just, you know, and it's amazing how we as human beings actually do. We want to help other people. We're social <laughs> animals. And um, it's, it's just unfortunate that, that quite often with um, social media, people feel that there's some great things about social media. And there's also a sense for a lot of people of feeling more disconnected, especially if you're not really online that much. And a lot of the people that we do look after in our programs um, are not really online. Some of them are not even, some of them don't have computers. Um, some of them don't have access to the internet and they don't know how to use it often. And yeah, we try and help them to, to connect in that way. But at the end of the day, there's an enormous satisfaction, an enormous sense of belonging and a reduction in social isolation for people to connect as human beings like you do, for example, in your, your music. Mm. Uh, and through your speaking and through a lot of the things you do, you know, and, and for myself as well as a keynote speaker, there's nothing like being live in a room with people, feeling what we're feeling at the time of that presentation or performance and doing it together. It's like we're experiencing something right together. Mm. And mm. there's resonance about that too. Sorry, and I didn't answer the question. What was that about being a social entrepreneur? Yeah, so being a social entrepreneur, what what got you started? Have you always had this, like, you know, going through school, were you doing social projects or is this something that's yeah. come about through, you know, a, a choice yeah. in an event? No, no, really. I think what got me started as a social entrepreneur is, is my family heritage. So I think you might be aware of this, but my grandmother and grandfather were incredible artists in Vienna in the 1920s and they met and fell in love and one rainy Sunday my grandmother was going um, along the street. She always used to leave her umbrella in the the local museum or art gallery and she said to my grandfather, what if I was to invent a little umbrella that fitted in a handbag? And so she spent months trying and failing, you know, to, to create this little umbrella using the old spokes of lampshades for her invention and um, tried and failed and tried again, which is, you know, the true process of innovation is to try and fail. You know, my definition of fail is first attempt in learning. And um, so my grandmother did that and eventually she did patent successfully the very first foldable umbrella, which is still, you know, manufactured today in, in the same factory in Austria. And she manufactured that for 10 years in Austria and then in 1939 the Nazis came into Vienna and my grandparents... Uh, with my mum, who was only three months old at the time, managed to bribe a, a border guard and escape to Switzerland. But the rest of my family was not so lucky and most of them were exterminated uh, in the Holocaust, and never, you know, obviously never to be seen again, which is you know, absolute tragedy. And so when my family eventually arrived in Australia, they were interned as enemy aliens in Tatura. So you know, there, there was an, a terrible sense, really, of exclusion, of, of not belonging. Um, I can remember being at school, you know, I was, uh, I was Jewish at an Anglican girls' school. My dad had an accent. I was bullied at school as well. So, and, and I never felt that I really belonged anywhere, you know, in particular, um, I always felt a little isolated. So, I've always identified very strongly with people on the outside, I guess, and I, I have a strong belief that 
there shouldn't be any us and them. That really, it's just us. You know, we are all connected. We're we're part of this one human tribe, and it's very very important for us as human beings to raise our collective consciousness, especially at this time where there is growing inequality. And really, that's long answer to what drove me to to be a social entrepreneur, because I felt that there were a lot of people who everyone has the potential to contribute meaningfully in our society Mm. and they just need to be given the chance. And once they are, actually a lot of those people contribute a lot more than other people because they just want that, um, that voice and many migrants and people like that actually work a lot harder than what we do as, you know, (laughs) residents here because they just want to prove themselves. Um, And we've seen that of course, a lot with the Jewish community who, who came here with nothing and created enormous wealth. Yeah, yeah. So run me through some of the different projects that you have. So you have the choir. Sorry, I forgot the name of the, the choirs. So that's so the charity's called Creativity Australia and the choirs that we've created are the With One Voice choirs. And we've now created a social franchise where we have 16 With One Voice programs now in five states in Australia since you and I Fantastic. last week. Yeah, and we're heading for a target of, 40 with one voice programs by the end of 2020. So in all over Australia, so in in capital cities, but also regional and rural areas, really to reduce social isolation and loneliness and depression and build happy, healthy, inclusive communities Mm. through the neuroscientific benefits of singing and the empowerment of the wish list. Yeah, yeah. And and for those of you listening, you will have heard me say it before, but there is so much value and proven scientific value in singing together in groups. And you've got to check out uh, Tanya's TED Talk, which has all the details. I'll put a link on the page so you've got that details. But the research has proven how good it is. And and personally, it's the highlight of my week singing in my choirs. So uh, it really energizes me. So this is just an amazing thing for people, as you say, who are marginalized or feel like they don't belong, to come together and... And, and celebrate something and the fact that at the end you're like what's the one thing you need at the moment and mm. whether it is the job or a walk to the car or whatever and then to have those wishes fulfilled not all of them but a lot of them mm. it's just a fantastic thing well and the one thing I, I fail to mention is that the reason why those wishes can be granted is that our choirs are not a choir of hard knocks so what we have in our choirs is people like you and I doctors lawyers teachers you know council workers residents retirees who are perfectly fortunate people, you know, who have roofs over their heads, normal relationships and, you know, uh, wonderful lives. And they come together with people who are less fortunate. So migrants, job seekers, people with depression and disabilities of all faiths, all backgrounds, all ages, nine to 90. And it's through that mix of diversity, that's what I call positive human collisions, where you get this fantastic, like, melting pot but we all become one. We, we celebrate this mm. universal language of the heart, which is singing, and singing changes your brain, and that's where the miracle occurs. So they're not just choirs for disadvantaged people. They're choirs for all of us, and I really encourage everyone who's listening to your show to come along because I guarantee it will change people's lives. Like mm. you just sit with people who are different from you on a weekly basis, and you start to realise you could be them, they could be you. Just for oh, like yeah. it's just it's a, it's a delightful mix of humanity, and there yeah. really is little difference except for circumstance. Okay, yeah. so that's what you're doing um, with uh, Sing with One Voice. Yeah. What other things? What other projects are you working on? 
Yeah, so at the moment, um, so my company, Creative Universe, um, so that looks after sort of an umbrella company, um, which really is focused on building um, agile leaders, creating a culture of innovation within organisations, so from government to business organisations, helping build those outside-the-box creative capabilities um, and really, I guess, people thinking in a more entrepreneurial way, even if they work for a large organisation. Mm. So we do a lot of work in that space. So I, as you know, I present a lot of keynote speeches, helping people to manage and prepare for a very fast, accelerating and changing world and how to manage change and adapt quickly, uh, which is a very important skill in this environment. And then I also, you know, I'm doing a lot of my own solo singing, which is very rewarding. I just released my second solo CD called Flying Free. And that was after my first one called Heaven on Earth. And um, we also have a co-working space called Dimension 5 in South Melbourne. And then, of course, we have a big global conference called Creative Innovation Global, which we've run for seven times now, and which attracts some of the leading speakers, innovators, thinkers from around the world and Australia to really grapple with what is the future going to be like and how can we create um, a collective future and how can we manage the transition? You know, we're going through this, as I say, accelerating. <coughs> Sorry, I beg your pardon. We're going through this massive accelerating change where a lot of people are going to be automated out of their jobs and a lot of organisations are also going to, to really have to manage this transition. So we're all, as, um, as a community, going to have to work out what does citizenship look like? You know, so is it going to, I think it's going to become a lot more important, for example, to, to volunteer in the community and to look after our neighbours in the way that we do it with one voice. Mm. Whether you're in a choir or not, you're just going to have to look out more, I think, for your neighbours because people are going to be left behind by technology. And a lot of people, as we already know, are being made redundant in, in you know, in, in our major banks and many of our other organisations. And it's really interesting how, you know, I'm from a small country town and so yeah. living in a city, yeah. the, the bigger the population, it's almost the lonelier or the more isolated that you are. And it's that, whereas a small country town, you sort of know everyone, so people check up on you. And, yeah, sometimes they check up a bit too much and you don't have your privacy but there is a level of care that, you know, in, in, many, yeah. in many city locations, people don't even know who their neighbours are and they might have been no, living no. there for years and they, they just don't know. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, also, I mean, uh, in a lot of regional and rural communities and we're finding this with, with the With One Voice program because we have started some programs in some quite small communities now and people do know one another better but there is also more disadvantage in a lot of those communities because mm. there's more depression and more isolation often because people live further apart and and there is more unemployment as well. So that creates its own challenges as well. Yeah. Um, though I think that some of the really best regional communities have an enormous amount to offer. Mm. Hey, tell me about Dimension 5, your co-working space. How yeah. did that, because I've actually been into it, it's a, great, it's a fantastic little hub. Mm. How did that come about? What was the driving force behind that? Oh, look, you know, again, I love bringing people together. So all of my projects, the sort of driving, what you'll see is the common theme in all of them is this positive human collisions um, concept. And let me explain that. So 
I believe that, you know, most of us, and I think we, we'd agree with this, um, connect with people and hang out with people who are just like us. So people who dress like us, think like us, similar education, financial background and so on. But research does show that our greatest gains are when we connect with people who are very diverse, different from us, who challenge us, who we don't agree with and, and make us think outside our normal parameters. Um, and that sparks what is called creative abrasion and sparks innovation. So the idea with Dimension 5 was to create a space that would bring together very diverse people from entrepreneurs to, to small business startups to social entrepreneurs and charities and, and also maybe some um, small teams from bigger businesses to come in, share some space, hot desks, fixed desks, private offices, events, um, and, and to provide a hub for people to collaborate. Now, co-working spaces, of course, have really taken off but our space is a lot more inclusive. So my projects generally are focused on uh, philosophy, you know, the philosophy of, being, of inclusion, that anyone is welcome. Uh, it's not just a hub for tech geeks, which a lot of co-working spaces are around, you know, startups for developers, for apps and, you know, tech businesses. And, and our space is more focused around people-centred businesses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good place. So, Come along. <laughs> Dimension yeah, yeah, 5. It's, it's a really it's a great location. It's there just off St Kilda Road. It's in, in Melbourne. It's a great, great space if you need some. So yeah. I hear that you're connecting a whole lot of other people and contributing to a whole lot of others in the community, be they're in business, be they're about creativity and how do we get corporations to tap into some of their creativity and look after their people. What about you? I'm really interested what, how do you get your connections or your, like what tweaks it for you? Now, actually you're a singer and so singer is obviously a passion and a love for you, but what else? How do you get your creative uh, needs met? <laughs> well, that is a big challenge for me because I've got a lot going on and there's a lot of things that I want to do and need to do, but I do need to leave enough time, you know, to really focus on, you know, my driving passion, which is reaching as many people as possible with these sorts of messages to really inspire them to, to give more of themselves in their work and in their lives. And I can really only do that through effectively reaching large audiences through speaking and singing and so on. So, you know, one of the things, though, that does fuel me is, you know, I get emails weekly from people whose lives I have changed through the choirs. And mm-hmm. if you go on Creativity Australia's site and look at some of the testimonials, you'll see that's part of the fuel for (laughs) doing what I do. Um, But a lot of it is just really trying to carve out enough time, having enough good people working with me so that I can find the time and the space to really, you know, um, refuel and, and get my creative juices going. And that continues to be a challenge when I'm doing a lot of admin Mm. and operational stuff. And I, I do a lot of that because I'm quite, I have a combination of right and left brain happening um, for me (laughs) Um, and have a good mix of both. So I have a strong attention to detail and I'm also a big picture sort of person. And so I end up getting, I can get very caught up in the detail and forget about the fact that I need this creative inspiration constantly ticking away. Mm. Then on the other hand, the risk is that I get so many ideas and people come to me with so many creative ideas that I think, my God, I'm going to have to like never sleep again <laughs> to, you know, to get all these projects off the ground. Yeah. So, 
But the other thing is, it is a really, it is a really valid concern of that. It's almost like who cares for the carer, or who inspires the inspirer, or who, because you are the kind of person, having known you for, you are so generous of spirit that you could give so much that there's not much fuel left in the tank. So, and many entrepreneurs are like that. They're so excited and passionate about what they're doing that they forget to look after themselves. So Yes. Well, I mean, the other thing about that is that, um, and I often speak about this in my talks, is that one of the really important things is that all of us get caught up in the left side of our brain. Um, you know, that's all the analytical, logical work that we do and going, being overwhelmed by a lot of information, all the emails we have to process every day and everything. And, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that about 85% of our time is taken up by this sort of, left-brained activity and so I need to take my own advice which is you know I need to get more into the right side of my brain so that's where and and some of the tools for doing that are you know meditation yoga you know walking with your dog going into nature cooking um doing things that really going you know just being in the shower for a long time or having a bath and you know just just allowing your brain to refuel and it's amazing like even when I go to the acupuncturist that's when I seem to have my brightest ideas you know I've got pins on I have to call the acupuncturist and say can you just write down these notes for me because <laughs> stream of consciousness all of a sudden I'm going oh or you know going in a, in a steam room or a spa or swimming or all these sorts of places where you can just, you know, allow your brain to to flick into a different, into your right-brained, creative, intuitive heart. Mm. That's the, that's really the, um, the battery. The human battery is the right side of your brain and you have to keep recharging that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on, but what's next for you? Being the, the ideas kind of person, there's a whole lot of happening. What what's the future of Creative Universe and of Tanya? Like what what's going to happen? Look, there's a, there. Yeah, watch this space because we've got a lot of projects in the pipeline, um, and some really creative projects that I'm very passionate about. That you know are bubbling away in the background. Um, some of which are related to to my family story, which I've started to share a lot more in recent years, um, and some very creative pieces um that that hopefully we'll see the light of day and be shared with audiences because they tell very important stories yeah um and look there's a lot of other interesting projects i think that um i will i will be doing um i'm really focusing a lot more on my speaking Mm -hmm. uh, which you'd identify with warwick and so this year, for example, I'm going to, to Prague in a few weeks' time to speak at a big global conference there. And then, uh, very excitingly, I've been invited to speak at the European Business Forum in Denmark. And the lineup is like, whoa, <laughs> you know, Roger Martin. And it's, it's being run by Thinkers50. So Thinkers50 have the top 50 management thinkers in the world. Um, I'm not one of those yet. <laughs> but I, I also do plan... Uh, I have a book, well, probably more than one book, but I've definitely got a book that I've been bubbling away on um, that I hope to really do some solid work on over the next few months. Yeah, great. Um, And then, of course, we're looking at a Creative Innovation 2019 event with a theme which is Human Intelligence 2.0, A Collective Future, Western Mark, How Will We Manage the Transition? So really looking at that this really 
this is a really tricky period, I think, in human history and we're all going to have to work together. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, um, to help other people shortcut their track to success, learning yeah. from your experiences, what are three things that you wish you had known or done earlier as your, your journey to success? Uh, I think three things. One would be, well, look, one of the things that I've, I've been known for is how tenacious I am and persistent and things. And so I guess that was something I knew, I think, through my family history, but I would say it's still a, an important thing to bear in mind is that you should never give up. Like, you know, if you're passionate about doing something, you know, take the advice of my grandmother, treat failure and the word fail as first attempt in learning and keep going. Um, and I think a lot of people, and I see this even with some very experienced people just who I employ is they think uh, I've sent an email, the person didn't respond, they can't be in interested in me when my proposition. And I think it's very important that you follow up, you, you write back and say just checking you received and then pick up the phone. Mm. It's still very, very important to pick up the phone and talk to people or meet with people. And I think a lot of people forget that. They think, you know, I'm putting stuff out, I'm putting content out, that people will come to me. And I don't think the world works like that. It's still a world that is about human relationships and not just about robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the robots are coming, but human relationships, I think, are going to become more important than ever. Yeah. Um, another thing I think is um, is the power of positive human collisions. Like I used to be... I used to feel that being um, excluded and being on the outer was a bad thing, but I actually think in the end it's a good thing. I think if you're unique and you really believe in yourself and you're sharing, we're all unique, you know, we're all unique and we need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate who we are rather than trying to fit in with everyone else. So I think that took me a long time to really embrace who I really was and just be proud of that. I think the final thing is that um, a lot of people will try and snatch your dreams away and tell you that your ideas are bad, that they're not going to work. And that, um, you know, I've experienced a lot of people, um, what, maybe it's the tall poppy syndrome or something like that, where people will, you know, can be destructive to, to what you're trying to achieve. I mean, they'll either tell you you can't achieve it or they'll actually try to stop you from achieving what you're trying to achieve, mostly because they're not empowered themselves and mostly because they're jealous of what you're doing and don't want to do the hard work that's required. Um, and it's very important that you have a really strong support network around you. And it doesn't have to be superstars, just, just people that believe in you, that you're connecting with all the time, that you can you know, that you can share some of this with, that you can be vulnerable with um, and who are going to always have your back. Really important to have people that know who you really are, that you're not afraid to be yourself with at all. And I try and be myself with, with everyone in, in any context now. I'm just like, now it's like, <laughs> you know, I've been through so much to get to, to where I've got. Um, but that's not with, like, I'm not where I am because my sole interest is in recognition or anything. I'm, I, I am doing what I was, you know, what I was born to do mm. and I'm following what is my true path and probably that is serving people. Really, at the end of the day, my, my path is to serve people with my special and unique gifts. 
Fantastic. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, Tanya. It's been fantastic chatting with you. If people want to find out more about Creative Universe or some uh, other things that you're doing, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, probably um, the website, creativeuniverse.com.au, has all our different channels for change uh, on the website. So you can see stuff about my keynotes, about our co-working space, about the charity and the With One Voice programs, the conference, uh, our CI Creative Innovation TV channel. Everything is on there. And even my group Potpourri, um, MTA events and entertainment, all of that's on there. And definitely share my TED Talk. I'd love to see it get hundreds of thousands of views, already over 60,000 views on that, which is pretty good. Yeah, cool. But there's some great links to flash mobs and, and all sorts right. of resources there. Great. All right, so there's creativeuniverse.com.au. We'll put the link on the page. Thank you. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you so much for your time today, Tanya. Thank you. It's been an absolute honour and pleasure. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Mary. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy your success.